Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, we have Chase Chewing on the show. If you don't know Chase Chewing, I met him about a year ago at the Military Influencer Conference in Washington, D.C., and he is a Virginia native and Army veteran. Living a life of wellness has always been a part of him. Since growing up eating fresh food from his grandparents' garden, playing baseball throughout school, and enjoying time in the mountains surrounding his family's southwest Virginia home. After six years of active duty, Chase was medically discharged from the military due to a string of injuries that ultimately required him to have bilateral reconstructive hip surgeries. After learning how to walk again twice, exercise as medicine and healthy lifestyle modifications became his passion. Before we dive into the episode, please make sure you share this episode with a friend and enjoy today's podcast with Chase Chewing. Today's podcast is brought to you by Viral Style. Viral Style is an Inc. 5000 company that provides a concrete solution for individuals who are looking to start an apparel brand, including clothing, accessories, or decor. Instead of wasting thousands of dollars in upfront costs, Viral Style can have you up and running for free. Viral Style is a platform for anyone, including marketers, artists, musicians, and influencers. To learn more about Viral Style, go to www.viralstyle.com and become a seller today. Again, go to www.viralstyle.com to learn more. Now, let's get into the show. All right, what is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we have my man Chase Chewing on the show. Thanks so much for coming to the show, man. My honor, man. Thanks for having me. So, well, first off, we're here at your place in LA. First off, I appreciate you um, allowing me to record here. But oh, Virginia's got to look out for its own, man. Of yeah, course, yeah. welcome anytime. 100%. <laughs> and last week, I was on your show. Now you're coming on mine. I'm super pumped about it, man. But I want to ask you, we're both from Virginia, mm. you have a podcast, I have a podcast, and one of the things you told me last week about the name of your podcast, Operation Podcast, um, and your company, I want to ask you, where did podcasting come into your life, and how did you get involved in the industry? Oh, man, that's like Chase 3.0. Uh, there was, <laughs> there was uh, you know, so many versions of my life, uh, personal identities, personal personal projects and passions, but honestly, once 
like podcasting found me, I feel it completely transformed everything. Yep. Um, I was living in DC at the time. I was working full time as a, as a health coach and, uh, I managed this wellness department for a doctor's office, this clinical medical practice. And in DC, man, if you've ever been, yep, uh, absolutely. traffic is not ideal. And so I would have this horrendous commute every day, minimum 45 minutes, sometimes up to two and a half hours. And so someone recommended a podcast say, Hey, Chase, you're into like fitness, right? Yep. Uh, you would probably like this podcast and like most people even now, but definitely back then, 2015, I was like, what the hell is a podcast? Yeah. I, I had no idea. Yep. And so I started listening to this content and not only did it help my time pass, but I would show up to my job. I would listen to health, fitness, wellness shows and I would show up to my job way better. It was like yep. immediate conference, immediate expo, immediate like book and uh, I could immediately help my people better. And so then it was just, I started listening, listening, listening. And then one day I was like, maybe, maybe I'll try this. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll give it a whirl. And that led you to Ever Forward Radio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where did the name came from? I know that you've told me before, but yeah. it's, it's a deep purpose that I want to start with because I know it's important to you. Yeah. It uh, started here. It's my tattoo. Uh, I've had it on my license plate since I was well, like 15 years now, I guess. Um, and before that, it was just this mantra that my father said his entire life growing up to me and my brother and my sister and my family and our community. Um, and unfortunately, it was something that we had to witness him not only say, but uh, live and be this kind of final example. He was diagnosed terminal when I was 18, 19. Mm -hmm. I passed away when I was 19. Uh, I had just left after high school, I had just wow. joined the military, kind of following in his footsteps. And uh, Ever Forward became this thing, not only that we heard, but even in his sickness, in his dying days, he was just, you know what, no matter what, yeah. we just have to keep moving forward. We have to set the example. We have to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And so it was just the most obvious thing, the obvious yeah. brand, the obvious name when I wanted to do the podcast. You know, I, I kind of it helped me a lot in my personal life at the time as well yep. to like tether to that thing. Yeah, that, you attached to it. Yeah, it was it was a darkness for me. Honestly, yeah. it was a horrible, horrible time in my life. Uh, a lot of trauma and anxiety and just, you know, significant loss. My dad was my best friend. Yeah. And um, it, it just allowed me to heal. And also, it was just a dope name. Uh, yeah, and, no, I love it, it. And it was so perfect for what I was trying to talk about. And it's all things, you know, personal development, fitness, nutrition, wellness. Just yep. how can we get better as humans, you know? Yeah, no, I, I love that. I want to ask you just a personal question on that. How did you get through that, man? Because that's for me is I look at it as one of my biggest fears, losing a, losing a parent, someone you love. Yeah, yeah. And if this is too personal, like, let me know. But this is something uh, that I can't imagine personally and i'm sure the listeners today they would love to hear your opinion on that and your perspective uh, i mean like anybody i think that goes through grief or loses a parent a friend a loved one uh grief is a very very weird animal it's a, it's a it's a beast it has a very very ugly head usually and the issue with it is usually we think we're through it you yep. know or we can suppress it down and move on but it and i'm speaking personally it's a trauma and trauma is something that very rarely goes away on our timeline. And so for about a decade after my dad yep. passed, I just stuffed it down, stuffed it down, stuffed it down. I went back to the military. I, I had to go back to, you know, putting literally the mission first. And then once I got out, um, I, I realized that I wasn't through it. And so yeah. as much as I tried to get through it on my own, my body, my physical and emotional self was just like, nah, 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 man, we, we still got some stuff to work through. And it began to manifest in 
PTSD. It man- yep. began to manifest in anxiety attacks and began to manifest like I couldn't go to a movie and if there was a death scene where somebody passed away, uh, I I would have a, a panic attack. I would have to leave. Yeah. I, I swerved my car off the road so many times and when I would hear a song that my dad and I used to like jam out to. Um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is I ran from it for a long time. Yeah. And only until I finally turned and like faced it and not as a way of like, you know, come on. Like I wasn't trying to battle it. It was just, I finally recognized that if I'm going to get through this and if I'm going to control this instead of it controlling my life, I have to learn to be present with it. I have to learn to sit with it and just figure out a way to kind of just adapt my life around it. And, and that's what I did. And then, then it just became my everything, you know, I adopted my whole brand and whole, whole purpose. I love that, man. Talk to me about the military. What was your experience mm. there? How long were you serving? And what did you learn from that experience? Shoot, what didn't I learn? I learned <laughs> that I hate running. Uh, I learned that the military makes you really good at running. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was a cool kind of legacy thing for me. Like I said, my dad was in the army. Yeah. Uh, like every generation my family has served. And um, it was just something that was meaningful. And I, I was like 17 at the time. I didn't know what I wanted yeah. to be when I grew up. I was like, college is maybe an option, but um, it was it was a lot of fun. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It taught me so much about myself. It, it taught me physical strength, mental fortitude. It taught me camaraderie. It taught me team building, leadership. Um, I wanted to stick it out and go the full 20. Yeah. Uh, life had other plans for me. I got injured pretty significantly about four, four and a half years in, and then eventually wound up getting medically discharged. Yeah. Um, but yeah, six years, man, from, from 17 to 24. Wow. Uh, was very formidable, and I attribute so much of like who I am now yeah, totally. as a man to, to that. Uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. I love that. The injury, what was that injury specifically? Well, we, I don't know how PG the show is. I could show you on the, <laughs> hey, it's up to you, <laughs> it's, man. Uh, I've got, uh, from like the top of my knee up to like the top of my glute, uh, they, I had to have both my femurs completely reconstructed, um, reconstructed. It, yeah. So a surgical dislocation removal no way. shaping of my femur. So from about here to here, I got scars on this side, on that side. Um, it was a war game for deployment training. And I was leading an ambush against okay. uh, the fake enemy at the time. Um, and last thing I remember is I, I popped up. I was leading the attack. And just as fast as I popped out or popped up, I was down. I was like blacking out, screaming in pain, uh, tore my hamstring, suffered significant trauma injuries to my hips. Like I said, my, my L4, L5 vertebrae kind of went one way. Uh, the rest of my body tried to go another way. Yeah. And I got medevaced out and um, yeah, ultimately led to bilateral reconstructive surgery, both oh my, my hips. Gosh. I was a patient in and out of the hospital, bed rest, rehab for about a year and a half. Um, you know, I know, I know you feel me on that, man. Dude, Injuries, one, that's they, insane. They I yeah. didn't know it was that severe. Yeah. So wait, you, when you say pop out, like you said, during this drill, what, what did that look like? And so I was behind like a, a berm, you know, I was like, yeah. that was leading a lane. We're in like the desert, you know, area yep. of, of Texas, just like, you know, training environment. Like we're going to be over there. And, uh, like the, the convoy was coming through a bunch of vehicles and yeah. people. And then I was leading my team. I was just behind a berm. Had, you know, we, we've been out there for days. I was in all my body armor. Yeah. I've been living off four hours of sleep yep. and just dehydrated and just at my max. And I just, I popped up, led the attack. And as soon as I went over this berm, um, that's literally, I blacked out. Uh, last thing I remember is just popping up, moving, and then being on the ground again and having the medic over top of me, like calling the medevac. Yeah. Wow. I thought I got shot. Uh, I, seriously. <laughs> yeah, uh, like what, how did the injury happen? Was it just you moved a certain way? and Because it sounded yeah. like you popped up, and then like, what went wrong is what I'm trying to say. 
I mean, like a, a combination of things. I mean, knowing what I know now, the human yeah. body, like I was severely malnourished. I was yeah. dehydrated. I had minimal sleep. Uh, I had about 80 pounds of gear on yeah. me. Um, and, and honestly, man, like my head, my mindset at the time was not right. I, I was just living in a very toxic mindset. And that was because I was going through the grief and the trauma of my father. Yeah. Long story short, man, I actually was trying to volunteer for deployments because I didn't really care to live anymore. Wow. Um, and it was just, you know, I was doing whatever I could to, to, to be deployed and to put myself in harm's way. And so, I mean, that I think, I, I know, I firmly believe that your, your emotions and your psyche play a significant role yeah. in the physiological manifestation. And so just all the things were sacked against me, man. And so I literally just popped up and as fast as I moved, my body was like, eh, eh. so it's yeah. just wrong direction, wrong speed, uh, wrong temperature, wrong everything. So, so then you're medevaced out and you're, you said you're in and out of the hospital for about a year or so year, almost a year and a half, like the last 15 months or so of my enlistment, I was, either in the hospital, wow. going through surgeries, rehabilitating, at home on bed rest, bedridden. Yeah. Um, uh, and then how to rehab, uh, physical therapy, pool therapy. Uh, I had no job, no purpose. Literally my only purpose in life, my only mission in the Army at that time uh, was to just, just to heal to a point to where I could stand up again. I had to learn how to walk again. Yeah. And then once I was load-bearing, they went back and did the other side. So it was just like, get better, get better, get yeah. better. And then now we're going to start all over again. Wow. So when, when that happened and you were going through surgeries, did you know that was it with, when it comes to the military or what was the transitional period from saying, Hey, can I go back? Do I want to go back? Am I physically capable or was it just done? Uh, you know, I had hope. Um, okay. Because I enjoyed the military a lot. I was, you know, I, I could t retire at 37. Yeah. So it was really cool. So I, I wanted to kind of get to a point to where maybe they just reclass me, give me a different job. Yep. Um, give me some kind of waiver. But it just wasn't in the cards, especially after they did um, my left hip was the second one. And once they did that surgery um, at home, actually, just I was kind of like this. I was just propped up. Yeah, I was on the couch and then I just moved ever so the wrong way, uh, wound up re-injuring it, tore, retore my labrum, no sent me back really bad. And then, yeah, I was just, you know, like, hey, Sergeant Tuning, uh, yeah, it's not in your cards, man. You're definitely going to be not only medically discharged, but like the rating and my disability at the time was so severe. They yep. gave me like full medical retirement. Wow. Yeah. So what's, what happened after that? And real quick too, like I can relate so much to that because being like we talked about on your show in a neck brace, too, man. Yeah. not, not necessarily as severe as that, but in a neck brace for six months, not the military, but in football, yeah. get injured, can't go back. It's sort of, I go through a reshaping my identity, oh, and, that identity I, and I attach, yeah, yeah, and you attach to something else, and you find yourself doing new things that you're not used to. What was that for you? You know, when you're figuring out who you are about to become, and your identity is stripped away from you. Where did you start spending your time once you started to recover and things were starting to get better? And what did that period of time look like? At home, man. Uh, at home. Straight at home. I was. Uh, I left that uh, medical. And, you're, and real quick, Texas. are you in Virginia during this or? I was, back, I was stationed uh, in a medical hold unit in outside of San Antonio, Texas. Okay. And, um, but then when I was med boarded out, yeah, man, I, I threw my wheelchair up on the roof of my at a SUV at the time and, uh, drove back to Virginia, went to Richmond Yep. and, uh, and it was kind of just chilling there for a little bit. And 
about three weeks later, actually, not a whole lot of downtime, I enrolled in school, went to VCU. Yep. And um, I, my rehabilitation was getting to a point where I wanted to take more ownership of it. I wasn't going to accept this identity, you know, yanking yeah, out that the yeah. military, that, hey, you're not worthy. Hey, yep. you're not a soldier. Hey, you're physically useless. And so I wanted to, like, become more empowered. And so I enrolled in their exercise science program. Uh, I literally was on my cane hobbling around, had my mom help me re- like, register for classes and wow. tour. And I was like, no, like, I, I refuse to accept this. Yep. And so I took it upon myself to study it at that collegiate level and then um, became so uh, much more educated that I could then apply and train my own self. And then it became my career. Yeah, no, I yeah. love that, man. And speaking on Virginia, I'd love yeah. for you to tell the listeners today not only how we met, because we yeah. met at an event. It was military-related, yeah. yeah, Military yeah. Influencer Conference. And that's how we met initially. And I think it's so cool to have that perspective of, like, when you say VCU, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly the city and the feel and the vibe. It's super cool because you don't really meet. Yeah, shout out to RVA. Like, you don't get that a lot, especially coming from a small town in Virginia. But when you're back in Virginia, what brought you to L.A. eventually? Um, man, I had been back and forth so much. And like I said, I then went to school and then began to work in the health and wellness fitness world. Yep. I was a, a health coach. I was a trainer. I was a lot of different things. And, uh, I mean, you know, LA just, just California has a calling for a lot of yeah. people. And so I was back and forth going to a lot of conferences and had a lot of friends out here. And, um, and so it was just, you know, kind of like, Hmm, I wonder. Yeah. And then, um, I met my wife actually at VCU. She was in their nursing program. And uh, she flat out, once we started getting serious, she's yep. like, Yo, Chase, I, I love you, but I want to move to California. I want to move to L.A. And wow. if you're not on board with that, it's going to be a problem. I was like, all right. <laughs> hey, so, that was the yeah, sign. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, all for a girl, really, yeah. basically. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so about two years ago, literally, next week will be two years exactly. Okay. And um, she is a nurse, like I said. She got accepted to USC for their nurse practitioner program. Yep. It was a great opportunity for her to continue her education. I had just left my job about 10 months prior, okay. um, you know, going full-time with my health coaching, full-time with my podcast. Yep. And for what I do as an entrepreneur, but also in the health and wellness world, LA was just an easy yes. Yeah. yeah. So health and wellness, podcasting, you decided to go full-time. What was that transition like? Because a lot of people, that's the transition that they never make yeah, because yeah. they're scared and they let the self-doubt get in the way or the opinions of others. So when did you decide to do that? And... Yeah, talk to me about that. It was like this nagging thing for honestly the year before I left. It was one of those things to where I just began to show up to my job. And I absolutely loved my job. I loved what I did. Yep. I loved the patients and the clients that I worked with. And also I managed a team of like eight to nine other people. Yep. And uh, I love that aspect. But the business, the corporation, the the higher ups just began to kind of like suck that drive out. Yeah. Um, and so once I kind of felt that I'm being severely overworked and undervalued, to the point of like, it, it's causing me severe stress in my life and my relationships. I'll never forget this one day I pulled in, sat in my car and just stared at the building. And I looked at my, my client list for the day and I love these people. I was like, I don't want to go in. So I had this resentment for yeah. the job that it was my dream job. And I loved what I did, but I was like, I don't care like not that I don't care but like I just don't want to go in there yeah because the more I go in there it's sucking like the value and the fun and the fulfillment yeah. out of this for me so then I, I realized that like it's not fair to me it's not fair to my people yep. so I put things in motion and uh, gave myself uh, a pretty aggressive goal 
90 days, I was like, Chase, like, that's when I first started monetizing my podcast. I was like, figure out how to make money, man. Yep. Uh, so I started monetizing my podcast. I started taking my own coaching clients. I started training people in our apartment gym. Yeah. I started doing anything I could. I was like, look, for 90 days, you've got to match your salary. Yep. And so I uh, actually did it in, in less than two, wow. uh, two months instead of like the 90 days. And then um, I gave my 30-day notice sure. and uh, December 2017, said goodbye. And wow. um Terrified, <laughs> terrified, but, yeah. uh, you know, once I, sh I showed myself that capable I, when I, yeah, exactly. I decided to do something and when I could do it, there's all the confidence. That was yeah. all the, the momentum and the traction I needed. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think a question for a lot of podcasters is how, what's the best way to make money with a podcast? I think how much time you got, man. Yeah. <laughs> we could go <laughs> on and on. That could be a whole class yeah, for sure. Cause I, I think a lot of podcasters, it's, you know, they're, and I always tell people, Hey, like starting a podcast is very beneficial to your mm. brand and networking. Yeah. That's the main reason I do it. And there's, yeah. there's, you know, it comes back tenfold, but when it comes to actually monetizing a podcast, how, what would you recommend for podcasters yeah. and how did you start off? So, I'll answer it in reverse. Like how I started off was I just literally looked around my apartment at the time back in DC and I was like, what do I love? What am I using? What are these products? And again, I'm in the health and wellness world. Yep. Uh, and I was like, what am I using that benefits me and that I'm talking about anyways? And it was this, this health product, this like microgreens product. And I just straight up found their email on their website, hit them up. I was like, Hey, here's who I am. Here's my job. Here's my show. Here's, yep. here's my, you know, analytics. Would you be interested in partnering? And then I waited and was terrified. And about two, <laughs> two, three days later, they're like, we'd love to. I was like, oh, all, all I had to do is ask. <laughs> so that would be definitely step yeah. number one. That's how I got started. And so look around, find the products, the services, the things you love, and just reach out. Odds are yeah. they've got some ambassador program online or affiliate program. Uh, just reach out and ask. The, the worst thing they're going to do is say no or not right now. Yeah. Um, secondly, I would say affiliates are a great way to go. Um, so many brands that you already love or things that you can go research. It's literally as simple as signing up online yep. or sliding into the DMs yep. um, and then just getting a link and then share it out. Uh, other than that, I would say really the best way I've found is for your own personal brand and your own personal products or services. Yeah. Uh, in my coaching and consulting, whether that's for you know the health coaching I was doing uh, a lot more of, and now I've, I coach other coaches and you know I consult for other podcasters, um, they come to me. Yeah. So like, Every episode is my own testament, is my own know, like, and trust factor. And people yep. listen, whether it's one episode or 100, eventually my highest paying clients, my longest term clients have all come to me with no sales call, no, you know, hey, swipe up here, no, yep. like, you know, get on my type form. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was just like, I want to work with you. How do I make it happen? I've been listening to you for 10 episodes, 100 episodes. I like you. I trust you. I, I want to kind of follow in your footsteps a little yeah. bit. And so personal brand is huge. Like the best thing you can do is focus on trying to monetize it through your own way. Yep. When did you start your personal brand, social media content, putting valuable um, just videos and pieces yeah. of content out there? Because I know you have such a great presence on there, but everyone thank has you, a starting you. point yeah. where they decided to do that. And a lot of people uh, never do. I probably started playing around with it in like 2013, like 13. Yeah. Um, my brother at the time was doing the same thing. He became really obsessed with fitness and working out and powerlifting. And, uh, we became friends with another fitness YouTuber who moved to Richmond actually at the time. Yep. Shout out Nick Wright. Okay. Uh, and, um, 
he was like, yo, I, I think Max, like, I think you should pick up a camera and do it. You got to, he's like hilarious. He's wacky. Yep. He's quirky. Um, he makes good candy now, yep. uh, you know? <laughs> and so, yep. uh, so once Max started doing it, him and I, we all had the same friend circle. We all trained together and it was just like, well, all right, well, if you're doing it, I'll do it kind of thing. Yep. So, uh, I started using Instagram and Snapchat beyond just, you know, stupid shit or what I was eating yeah, or something yeah. like that. It was more intentional. Uh, then I started vlogging, got my own camera, made a YouTube channel and um, I just started, I had fun with it first and I didn't use it for the angle or the perspective of how can I use this to make me money? How yeah. can I use this to get something out of it? It was, here's an outlet for my creativity. Here's an outlet for me as a person. Yep. And then whatever will happen will happen. So it was about 2013 and over the years, of course, I got more serious with it and Love really, that. really niched down with the podcast stuff and, yeah. and probably Instagram. Love that. With podcasting what's your vision long term as a podcaster because i know we both Ooh. have these conversations of yeah. the industry is changing every day there's yeah. so many big things happening in the podcast space yeah. with spotify or apple or whatever it is but what's your vision long term as a podcaster my vision is like i flat out i want to change the industry um uh, i want to over the years through various businesses through being an entrepreneur working for other people through travel, through expos, through YouTube, Instagram, all these things, I honestly just feel like this platform is what every creative is looking for. Yep. We're all looking for a way to get out of our, what's in our head and in our hearts, have it translated in a way that is effectively communicated to the right person or persons, so that on the other end, you know, maybe they're a client or maybe they're a raving fan, but yep. also so that we can meet like the right people, the right guests, the right people can find the right people. Um, because then when that happens, Man, so so much more beyond just like yeah. a, a, a sponsor ad or whatever. So much more beyond that is waiting for us in this industry. And like it has just lit me up. It has given me so much fulfillment. And yep. when I see people do that as well, like I love seeing people thrive. Like you, man, I love seeing you thrive. <laughs> just like I just doing it. this. Yeah. I mean, and when when you act out of that intention, when you act out of that uh, goal and perspective, I just personally think you, you can't go wrong. Or yeah. the odds of you going wrong or not creating something good or beneficial to the world is very very low. And so I, I want to help facilitate that for other people. The podcasting platform has been it for me. It's growing in terms of, you know, this year alone, we finally just reached over a million shows on I Apple Podcasts. Yeah. But everybody thinks that's a big deal. But no, like, look, that <laughs> is a tiny drop in the bucket of all the other subscribers and followers yeah. of every other platform. Absolutely. We have come leaps and bounds over the years, but we have a long way to go. Yep. And uh, knowing what I know and my experience in the last four years, just I just want to I want to help others reach even just a close amount of fulfillment that this has given me. Yep. Uh, it takes time. It takes commitment. But honestly, if you can just handle those two, then it's only a matter of time yeah. before like just so many cool things open up for you. Absolutely. What's your advice to someone starting a show today? What is the three-step blueprint in your opinion that podcasters must do to start off on the right track? I, I will make a bold statement of like, <laughs> Get rid of the concept, think that you have to create a show and it has to have thousands, tens of thousands of downloads. Um, I, I think that's been a, a somewhat false narrative uh, in terms of how people define success for their show. Yep. Uh, so when you do that, um, you're never going to be Chase Tuning. You're never going to be Casey Adams. You're never going to be Joe Rogan. You're never going to be uh, whoever guy is maybe over there who has a podcast. Yeah. You, you are you. So the, the sooner we can get out of comparison syndrome of 
I will be successful when I will have a successful yep. podcast when, uh, and just like I was saying earlier, just create what is in your head and in your heart and the right people will find it and the right opportunities will come. So get, get that out of your head yep. uh, Two, seriously, just hit record. Uh, if you've got an iPhone, if you've got a, the headset mics, if you've got a studio, whatever it is, wherever you are, whatever you, whatever you have access to, just hit record. Yep. You will find your voice, I promise you. Yeah, and it's funny enough, I know that recently I actually just got all of, all of my new podcast equipment yeah. from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what are we talking about? This is the this is Roadcaster the Pro. Roadcaster Pro yep. and Audio-Technica BT something uh, headset mics. Yeah, yeah. And so I just recently, for everyone listening, upgraded my entire podcast setup and yeah. I started. The Shure microphone. Yeah, the, the Shure mic. Yeah. Yep, yep. I started the show with a $100 Blue Yeti microphone. And actually, the first episode was on my AirPods, which was terrible no because of Bluetooth yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. We were just talking but about that. But yeah. yeah, like I. I not didn't care about the quality, but I was just so obsessed with putting it out there, getting something going and going with that momentum, right? Like yeah. the quality can always become better, but yeah. you can't, you know, just wait for it to be perfect. Exactly. And then go. Got to take imperfect action. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so I would say probably number three, number three tip is um, one thing that definitely saved me is getting ahead. So stop comparing yourself, just hit record and, and batch. If you can stay at least two weeks ahead, uh, your life is going to be so less stressful. Yeah. Uh, like reschedules or just life happening. Yeah. Um, just very, very high level tips. Um, like don't, don't wait for the right time. There never will be the right time. Uh, yep. I think you hit the nail on the head, man. You can, you can always improve the quality later. Yep. Now, with a grain of salt nowadays, like because podcasting is becoming more, you know, widely accepted yep. and known, you do need to kind of make, priority your audio quality yep. but for the first almost two years I used a $65 microphone <laughs> and I was even using it the wrong way yeah um, but what you can do is like if you ha if you've got a $50 mic or your iPhone uh, just go into a really really small room like your closet you know make sure you got carpet soft things around yeah. you like you can make a $50 microphone sound like a $300 microphone just by you know being in your walk-in closet yeah. really yeah, yeah. Totally. No, I love that. And for clients that are starting a show, when it comes to getting more downloads, obviously everyone wants those one day, but is there any tactics or strategies that you've used? Because everyone wants to know, like, how do I get on the top charts on podcasting, yeah. you know, on iTunes, yeah. on Spotify? And you've cracked the code there, but what are some tips for potentially doing those things? And obviously it's a different strategy for everyone. Yeah. And there are some strategies that can't be replicated, right? Right timing, right place, right guess, whatever exactly. it is. But for you, how have you gone about like getting more downloads and getting your show more exposure at the end of the day? Yeah, really good question that people should not overlook. And honestly, you should be everywhere. Um, depending on your host site, and that's what generates your RSS feed, yep. uh, certain ones will do more. Others will require you to kind of go hunting to get your show out there. Y you never know where your audience and or your client is going to find you. So be everywhere beyond soundcloud spotify yep. stitcher overcast Castbox, apple google be everywhere and again the right host site will set you up for success and make it very easy for your show to be everywhere all the time yep. um beyond that um social promo has been kind of a hit or miss for me uh, again you never know where somebody's going to find you so yeah. you know even if it's just a simple writing a text on your ig story and putting it out will work you don't need you don't need to go full and elaborate as like video or an audiogram. They're great and fun, yeah. what I use now for sure. But um, again, have touch points everywhere you are. If you have a digital footprint, digital touch point anywhere, social, email, yep. wherever, share. But don't just copy and paste the exact same thing everywhere. Each <laughs> platform has like 
a unique perspective. So yeah. you need to honor the platform. So for uh, podcasting, audio, you need to have good audio. For Twitter, yep. you need to monitor the characters. For Instagram, it needs to be visual. So honor the platform, but be everywhere. Um, honestly, man, and, and there was a little bit of time and money invested into this for sure, but this year, the biggest jump I've seen for me is I did a, a, a big overhaul with my website mm. and really made a bigger focus on sharing, even elongating my show notes. Yep. Um, I, I would dare say that they're SEO driven. Uh, I don't have an SEO guy or I'm not spending some, you know, my own time to like yeah. search the exact keywords and things, totally. but just elaborating on the show and making longer show notes and getting more specific with the title and stuff, putting it on the website, uh, in about a week, um, it was uh, about triple the return in traffic. Wow. Yeah. Very because cool. again, you never know where someone's going to yeah. find you. They're searching for these topics, searching for these things. They've never heard of Casey before, but they look for, you know, um, you know, how to be a young entrepreneur yeah. or, you know, recovering from an injury. And they find that on a podcast, they find your podcast. Yeah. What platform do you listen to podcasts on? Man, I've been kind of waffling lately. Okay. I mean, I would always say it was Apple Podcasts just yep. because iPhone, it was easy. Yep. Um, but I got to say, man, Spotify has been just, now they have video. Yeah, you saw that with Joe Rogan's. Yeah, I, I yeah. checked that out, the Miley Cyrus yeah, one. Yeah. I was like, this is feels like YouTube. They're, they've they, they made the claim that they're coming for YouTube. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, I love what they're doing. Was that the first video um, podcast they did? It was on Joe Rogan's, right? I've seen it before Joe Rogan. They, oh, were, wow. they were like beta testing some okay. other shows. And so I saw um, like one my wife listens to all the time. It's called The Morning Toast. It's okay. two sisters. It's kind of like just like, you know, E! News basically, yep. but for millennials. Um, and I saw it on there first. But okay. I know Joe Rogan's one of the big first announcements they made with yep. it. Um, but honestly, for them, it's just, I think they... They, they stole the show and sharing and shareability. Yep. With one touch, I can copy a link. I can share to Instagram, yep. post to Twitter. Uh, Apple, yeah, you can copy a link and go wherever. Yeah, it's so whack. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on. Like, Apple, <laughs> come on. Come on, get, get it together. But literally. Yeah, yeah, Spotify, it's literally just boop, post yep. a story. Yep. And one of the tricks that I've seen too is, for example, if I tag you and I'm sharing your our Spotify podcast link and it's on my Instagram story, and I tag you, if you share that post, you automatically share the Spotify yeah, podcast. Exactly, yeah. And because I had Rick Ross did that, and I saw my downloads go through the oh, roof shit, yeah. because I, I shared it via Spotify, and you could click on the top yeah. left corner on his Instagram story, yeah. he has 11 million followers. And I'm like, I'm never not going yeah. to do that because yeah. it, you don't have to have them copy the link and do the swipe up, and it just makes life so much easier. So I would Absolutely. recommend that personally, but. Yeah. Outside of that, what podcasts do you listen to? And I always ask this question because I think as a podcaster and as an individual, sometimes I don't listen to interview shows. Sometimes I do, but I have some of my favorites are more so like business financial news. Mm. One of them being like Robin Hood Snacks. Oh, what, yeah. What yeah, is your, what is, what are your, like your favorite show and what do you listen to as a podcaster? Um, I'm a little bit out of the whole, like I said, I'm no longer like health coach chase. I mean, health and wellness is still a big part of my life. And so one of the shows that I still listen to for insight is still that very first show that someone recommended to me years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, shout out Sean Stevenson. He hosts the model health show. Yep. Um, just to his voice. Oh my God, it's butter. Uh, <laughs> it's just so soothing. And he is just, um, he makes, he makes 
good living very easy to do. Okay. Um, but also very backed in research and science. And so the Model Health Show for sure. Um, my homies over at Mind Pump, I love all their stuff. They're you know very fitness and yep. lifestyle related, but they're just real, no no BS. I uh, love those guys. And then, yeah, uh, lately I've been kind of rotating in, not very regularly, but it's more like money, um, entrepreneurship stuff. You know, yep. like Ed Milet, yep. uh, Chris Harder, um, uh, I love really anything that NPR puts out. How I built this totally. is incredible. Those are good. Yeah, honestly, it's just like whatever I'm thinking of. That's the beauty of podcasting now. Whatever I'm interested in right now, today, or I'm curious about, instead of honestly going to like YouTube or Google, like I go to a podcast platform and I search, um, you know, how I make my money go further in yeah. 2020 or COVID 19 stats. There's a podcast out there for yeah. it. And so yeah, I just go to Spotify, I go to Apple, and like search for what I want. Uh, Apple Podcasts is actually becoming, I think. They're like the third or fourth, if I think the third now, uh, highest search engine machine. Very cool. Yeah. I saw that they just recently added something about their search features. I'm not mm. sure exactly what it was. I screenshotted it. But that being said, um, podcasting in 2020, how have you seen it change, especially mm. with COVID when it comes to not only downloads, but I went through a phase where I did 90 interviews or 60 to 90 interviews on Zoom, right? And I yeah. wouldn't have done that if it yeah. wasn't for COVID and everyone being home and not traveling. And I saw a huge spike in downloads because I was putting out so many frequent episodes and it was easy to do interviews, which the yeah. year before 2019, I was trying to do a lot of in-person stuff just based off the fact that I wanted to meet the guest. But what have you seen this year in your podcast and how have you transitioned? Yeah, it's a strong question. Um, it's been like this, honestly, because I, I, I feel like with COVID, like so many things in the world, in the first beginning couple of days or couple of weeks, it was just, ah, it was yeah, like pandemonium, yeah. like the world is ending or what's going to happen. And then things kind of stabilize and you get into a groove and, and then, and then again, peaks and valleys. Yeah. So, I mean, same way, you know, for me from like March until really August, uh, I had to go back to all online. Uh, yep. 2019 for me, I switched, I was exclusively in person wanted yep. to add the show. I wanted to add the relationship. I then would do two interviews a day, but I would be with people for like four yeah. or five, six hours. It was, <laughs> it was the BS and small talk beforehand, but it was getting to know people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I really had to pivot on was I recognized the power in that. And I recognized what I loved most about this platform again is the relationship building yep. and going back to remote. I lost a little bit of that. So I had to kind of get more creative. So I had to spend more time yep. engaging with that person before and after, you know, and following up with them in email text. Yep. And because I knew that it was more than just, Hey, what are we going to talk about for the next 30, 60 minutes? It was like, who are you? How can yeah. I help? You know, how can we come together on stuff or how can I connect the dots for other people? It, it's truly like the relationship building platform. Yeah. So I had to kind of, spend a little bit more time before and after um had to really get creative in terms of the content yeah uh because there's only so many ways you can make a zoom window look pretty yeah uh, so you know you know uh my production team and shout out nuncio man he's gotten incredible uh incredibly creative with you know making something that isn't as aesthetic yeah uh look incredible totally so i would say in a the biggest way I would say it, it has really lit a fire under me and, and my content in terms of creativity. It yep. has really forced me to get more creative and problem solve it in a different way that I don't think I would have had otherwise. I love that. 
I want to talk about daily habits. Every time I watch your Instagram story, you're talking <laughs> about some of these products that you use or the yeah. socks that are uh, compressions. Yeah, man. And yeah. it's always fascinating to me. And like, <laughs> I'm drawn in, and it's something that you do so well. But thank you. What What is your daily routine? What are things that are like non-negotiables for you that you Oof. tend to do every day? Um, non-negotiables definitely are bookends for me. How I start my day and how I end my day. Morning routine and evening routine. Okay. Um, number one above everything else for me is sleep. So I have a hard, like, you know, cutoff time, screen time, bedtime, like okay. bedtime ritual uh, so that I can get quality sleep because I found over the years when my sleep is dialed in, everything else just is way more successful. Okay. Uh, so morning routine is, you know, I, I honestly... About a year ago, year and a half, I stopped setting alarms. Um, I, I really honor that my natural circadian rhythm so really? much. I go to bed the same time. I wake up at the same time pretty much every what time. What uh, time? Usually between uh, like 6.30, 7 a.m. Okay. I kind of just naturally wake up. Yeah. And I'm not groggy. I'm totally rested. I wake up and I'm just like, woo, let's go. Yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so it's waking up on time consistently as much as possible. Uh, then I immediately... Uh, I have this literally sitting on my nightstand or another 32-ounce water bottle. I just wake up, pound water, uh, and then I go to the sun as soon as possible. Okay. So whether that's just you know going up to the roof here or taking my dog for a walk, uh, get sunlight immediately to get some vitamin D, to reset my circadian rhythm, um, to just get grounded a little bit. Yep. Uh, and then I reach for what I call, I, I go health. Uh, I yep. have some microgreens, super greens powder that I use. Uh, I use a couple different mushroom elixirs uh, for immune boosters, adaptogens, focus power, uh, some collagen. Uh, I have a little cocktail, morning cocktail that yeah. just is feeding my body on a cellular level. Yep. Um, and really the biggest thing I could say is I honor the morning time for me, for me. The soonest I will ever schedule anything, of course, you know, emergency here and there, is like is 10 a.m. Okay. Because uh, I wake up and I need those first three, four hours to just take care of me. Yep. So whether that's, you know, all of that and then I maybe do a workout or yoga or just, you know, do nothing. Yeah. At least know I've taken care of myself. Yep. Um, and then just getting really, really hyper vigilant with my time. Time blocking, you know, certain days are, you know, podcast days, coaching days, phone call days, yep. marketing days. Uh, and then just, you know, checking in throughout the day. But really for me, it's bookends. It's morning ritual and evening ritual. I love that. Has that changed over the years or? Uh, sort of, kind of. Okay. Um, predominantly, I, I've always really been a, like a sleep focused person. Uh, the last like one to two years, it's yep. been even more kind of strict. Um, but yeah, always for years, I've always been pretty much an early riser. Uh, definitely probably have the military to thank for that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but always big water drinker. Yep. I've always focused on like cellular health, you know, just fueling my body, fueling my mind. Right. Yep. Uh, so that I, I've got like, like the foundation set so that I can be the best chase that I can be. I love that, man. What's been your experience with living in LA? I told you earlier, I'm, I'm going to be moving to LA shortly. Yeah. This Welcome, is something baby. that I'm yeah. excited about and it's something that I've been looking forward to, but what would your be, what would your advice be for someone moving to LA and how have, how has living out here helped you and what have you learned from that? Man, I'm, I love new environments. I love moving. Uh, my family and friends always make fun of me. They're like, you know, it's been a year. You're moving again. <laughs> so I, I, I thrive off of environment. Yeah. And again, probably the military. You know, I change bases, you know, every one, two years. Yeah. And, um, I'm, I'm always looking for just what's, what else is out there. Yep. Not to say that I'm not happy where I am, but just I love getting the most out of the situation. And let me go on to see what else life yeah. has to offer. East Coast to here, D.C. to here, Virginia to here <laughs> was like the biggest wake-up call of my life, man. Yeah. I had been back and forth a lot, like I think you have too. Totally. But once you live here, it's different. It took me straight up eight to ten months. 
for me to just finally be like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, it's just a totally different vibe. Totally yeah, different yeah. people. Totally different way of life. Just daily interaction with people. Yep. Getting your coffee or walking on the sidewalk. Um, I wasn't quite sure if I was like, yo, this is it. I love it kind of thing. Okay. But I always had the trade-off to kind of answer the other part of your question was, it has treated me so well. Yep. Um, since moving here, like I said, we predominantly came from my wife for school, but for what I'm doing here in the podcast and uh, this world, it has just been transformational. Totally. Um, it takes a little bit of time to meet the right people, but again, I took that as a challenge, you know, like 2020, yeah. got to get more creative. Yep. I, I'm challenged now to, to find the right people, to connect with the right people, because there are so many different pockets of people and, and energy and vibes and professions and all the things, um, and I didn't really connect with a lot of them. Yep. So I had to kind of take it upon myself to, to make more of the effort. Um, there's some great people here. Um, there are some not so great people here. Yeah. Uh, and it took me a long time to just fully adjust, but honestly, like LA's home now. Yeah. Yeah. How do you go about booking guests on your show? I know mm-hmm. everyone has their strategies and we've talked about mine on your yeah, show, yeah, yeah, yeah. but how do you go about booking guests on your show? How selective are you and what does that process look like? Um, I wouldn't really say, I would like to say, or like to think that I'm not really selective. Um, of course I get, I'm sure you in the same way, yep. you know, everyday emails, DMs, you know, a lot of people requesting to come on totally. or like third party services. Hey, we got a great guest for you. Yeah. Um, and I look at all of them. Uh, I have an assistant now. She's been with me for like two years. Shout out Josie. Uh, she does an incredible job of kind of like filtering through some people. Like she knows as I've gotten better with my message, uh, as I've yep. gotten better with what I want this platform to be. Uh, I've gotten better with the types of conversations and the types of people that I want on. And, and she gets that as well. So we have a little bit of a vetting process, but man, I mean, last week I had a episode that go live that went live with someone who's got 1.4 million followers on Instagram. But I've also like, I have sought out and like, yo, we got to get this guy who's yeah. got like, you know, 700 followers. <laughs> totally. So I, 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 it takes time, but, um, all good things in life take time. Yeah. So I like, I'll research the person. Uh, I'm like, I don't care. You've got zero or all the followers. Um, what's the story? Uh, for me, throughout my years of living and becoming, uh, I would like to think a better person and just choosing to show up every day, the practice of living a life ever forward, uh, heightened attention awareness into my fitness nutrition mindset. Um, I, I look for that in other people. And I firmly believe that most yep. people have a really great story. And there's something in your story that I'm going to learn from. And if we can record it and share it with the world, yeah. a lot of other people are going to feel the same way. And again, I go back to what it did for me in the beginning. I would listen in my car. I would listen in the gym. I would listen. And it helped me immensely, like in my professional life, in my personal life, just looking up new ideas and research and books. Um, I was like, everybody needs to know. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a little bit of a filtration process, but uh, not super picky, but uh, I need just need to make sure, I hate to say this, but it's got to be the right fit. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. That totally makes sense. A couple more questions before we wrap up, and I think one of them is, what would be your advice to your younger self, 20 years old, looking mm. back, uh, just along your entrepreneur journey, but just life overall? I think that's a super important thing to say here because you've had many experiences from being in yeah, the military yeah. to losing your father to having a very successful show in business, and you've been all over the country. You know, we can both come from Virginia, now yeah. you live in L.A., and yeah. it's a unique perspective to get, but what would your advice be to your younger self self moving forward you may not like the journey you may not like the ride but everything is important everything plays a role um especially at 20 years old i mean for me it was a little bit different i 
I was already two years into you know, working as a soldier, working in the military. Yep. But you know, as a 20-year-old in general, I think that's a universal human thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you think you know everything. You're coming of age or you feel in, in, invincible. But, yep. like, maintain that confidence but also accept the fact that you're going to change. Um, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. But, like, yep. change is inevitable and change is a very, very good thing. And... I, I wish I would have recognized that everything along the way, it didn't have to just be like, oh, this has to be successful or it's a failure or yeah. this is the right person or the wrong person. But just just show up, um, show up. Usually if you can just show up, uh, shut up and sit down, <laughs> like, uh, show yep. up at the right time, the right place, then uh, there's there's a lesson in there. Um, and it's very important for you to like, maybe you don't get it right then and there, but just be aware enough to uh, to know that there is one there and then, you know, mull on it later. Yep, I love that. Last question before we wrap up, and that is about your show, Ever Forward Radio. What are you excited about? And do you have a dream guest that you want to have on the show? And if so, who is it? Uh, I'm so excited for the future of this show. Uh, like as every episode, every guest just honestly teaches me so much more, like uh, whether it's a technicality with the equipment or yeah. the interview style. So, uh, I mean, you include it, man. Seriously, every guest I have is just incredible. Uh, and it just, I know that the next one's going to be better. Next one's going to be better. Yep. So I'm really excited just to see where the platform, the industry goes, and I want to go along with it. Dream guest for me, um, honestly, Ryan Holiday. Uh, he is my okay. favorite living author. Um, he, I, I met him actually not far. I went to one of his recent book releases. Yep. Well, it was like a year ago now. Um, he, he writes all my favorite books. Um, yep. I'm a big Stoic philosopher, enthusiast. Uh, I read his book, The Daily Stoic, yep. every day for the past like four years. Really? Yeah. It's that first thing I post up every day on social. Okay. It's been the first thing Got I read it. for years. Yeah. Um, Ego is the enemy. Obstacles I love the that way. book. Yeah. yeah all, that's all him. Uh, I actually have a, a email thread every couple months. I'll kind of like follow up. I have an email thread with Ryan going back to like 2017. I think. Okay. Uh, so he's one, he's very elusive and I know this yep. isn't just me. Uh, he's super diligent with his time and his writing yep. and he's a family man. So, uh, yeah, Ryan holiday for sure. Man, if you're listening, you know, I'll come <laughs> to you, sure. man. I love Austin, Texas. I'll come to the ranch. Right there. 100%. Yeah. Well, well, cool, Chase. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show yeah, today. Man, and everyone listening, make sure you check out Chase and what he's doing. Listen to his podcast. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Man. I was on the show recently, yeah. and now we did this on mine. So I really yeah. appreciate you coming on, man. VA. Let's go. <laughs> thank you, guys. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.